0: hello and welcome to moving iron podcast number 74 today my guest is cory bosho and he's the marketing and communication director for dot technology and dot is one of those companies that i don't i think is absolutely amazing what they've done i've done some research on them in, on their website and their website is c.run.com and it's a uh basically it's the future of ag man it's robotics it's uh it's autonomous vehicles and um I'm really looking forward to see where this goes. So, Corey, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, and thank you for those kind words and your excitement. Uh, we're excited, too.
0: Okay. Well, Corey, give me a little background on on how the company developed and what some of the driving factors for the technology you guys are developing.
1: Sure. Well, uh, my family's been involved in the ag industry f- since the early 90s. My father's a uh, a designer engineer and a farmer. Uh, we're based in Regina, Saskatchewan, and we farm just southeast of here in a small town. And um, uh, since the early '90s, we've been engaged in the industry through developing seeding technology. So, uh, terrain-following, hydraulically engaged openers with a seed knife, a fertilizer knife, and a trailing packer tire range from 20 to 100 feet. But the, the majority of the implements we manufacture are in that. Uh, 70 to 100 foot size range and then we developed a bunch we've developed a bunch of seed, seed metering technology uh, specific for uh, specifically to help handle the seed gently and very very precisely for these large implements um, the crops that we focused on with the seed master side of things are specifically canola um, canola is a very big crop in western canada and a very important crop for farmers uh, our farm included and uh, we wanted to really um, refine the metering process for that stuff. And then we've developed another uh, bulk metering um, scenario, too, that called the NovaCart, which is a toe behind or tow-between um, big air delivery system for, for product, seed and fertilizer. And um, so my dad uh, wanted to slide out of the running of the business in some capacity and wanted to really focus his energies on specifically just designing and new ideas, uh, refining the technology, and that kind of thing. And so with that, he was, he's was he been fortunate enough to be able to uh, buy a house for, for himself down in Mexico, and he spends a large portion of the, the winter there. Uh, up here in Regina, it gets really, really cold <laughs> during the winter months. <laughs> That's and, an understatement, uh, isn't it? So he's, he's <laughs> able to get away, which is great. And um, so that was part of his retirement plan, um, to slide out of the business and to spend time in Mexico, and to focus on design. So uh, about four years ago, three and a half, four years ago, he started trying to figure out what his next project was going to be. Um, he feels very comfortable and very confident in the seeding technology we've developed and wanted to take a stab at um, autonomy and trying to figure out how that could all look and how it could benefit farmers and our own farm. Um, and um, as he started going down the road of autonomy... He wanted, he realized there, were, there was a lot of um, uh, uh, sort of inefficiencies with the current tractor-centric model that he wanted to see what he could do uh, to address by developing a, an alternative power platform, essentially a source of horsepower for powering a variety of implements. And he um, developed it to be very friendly to a, a number of other kind of applications, initially our first offering was a seeding technology. Um, and then we developed a few other pieces to go on this uniquely shaped power platform, horsepower source. Um, and we developed a roller, a sprayer, and a harvest cart as well. And we we, um, yeah, he, he just wanted to take a stab at what the future of ag could look like if we, um, Change the machine shape of what horsepower looks like, and um, and uh, thought about autonomy, basically, and so that's where that's where it all came together, and uh, that's how we landed up with this this uh, open ended U shaped power platform, and uh, what we're doing now is working with a number of other implement manufacturers to develop their technology to be DOT ready, essentially. Um, because it is a weird power platform, it's not your typical um, hitch and pin and drop it in the back of the tractors uh, at, the, at, the, at the back of the tractor and and pull and go. Um, it's about mounting a technology onto a different uh, different type of power platform, basically.
0: Yeah. So I've looked on your website well, and I've I've noticed that the very thing you're talking about that the horsepower platform that you like you like you refer to it. It yep. just integrates into the into the cedar i think is what it was want is what the video i watched on your internet yep, and yep. that that was the cool thing I mean, it showed it coming out of the barn driving out to the yard hooked up to the to the machine and then took off and was out planting whatever it was planting out there so yeah is, yeah so here's a question i have for you and this is something that i think about a lot so you know i have a on a, on a previous podcast uh me and my co-host were talking about this and you know, we've talked about how much bigger can machinery get, right? Right. And we kind of feel like, I don't know, we feel like we don't know how much more big it can get because, quite frankly, if it gets any bigger, you're going to have to start taking multiple trucks to move one piece of equipment around uh, wherever right. it goes. So then that, that, there's some feasibility issues that come with that. My my anticipation of, of autonomy and how that's going to work with equipment is that as robots and autonomous vehicles start kind of taking over the, the – uh, ag landscape i guess for lack of a better term machinery Mm -hmm. is going to get smaller yep and that's going and you have multiple units running in the same field uh doing the same job Uh, maybe like your planter for example uh the cedar that you had uh, that looked like to me that might have been i'm guessing somewhere around 25 30 feet wide is that is that about right
1: yeah that's right that that implement is 30 feet wide
0: yeah okay so in that particular instance you might have two or three of those running around in one one bigger field and and kind of doing that stuff. So do you kind of see that direction kind of going that same way? Or or how do you see that kind of working together?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, maybe in a handful of years' time that will be the case. Like A lot of farmers that are um, purchasing this or are in line to purchase this are seeing it in a couple of different ways. Like, So some of them are small guys that only have like 3,000 acres or whatever, and they feel like one would be able to do a lot of the – operation of the farm of the seeding of the rolling of the spraying that kind of thing Um, and then other guys are much much larger farmers is 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 the norm in western canada and they're they're um they've already sunk a bunch of money into a 70 80 100 foot machine that they still want to get some value out of Uh, but they're they're interested in dot uh to initially just seed their Sketchy areas of the field or the irregularly shaped areas of the field and square it off so that they can go in with their 80 footer and, uh, and clean up the field, finish up the field quickly and efficiently without having to go into the nooks and crannies of things. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think that's a starting point. And I, I think there are a lot of farmers that are very interested in um, a swarm kind of mentality uh, uh, with, with, uh, with these smaller implements. Um, it is smaller that's a, the one thing that people notice uh that it's uh, it's definitely different than what we're typically used to seeing in the field here in Western Canada and uh, the northern u s but it is um, something that people's people are tuned into in a pretty positive way I would say
0: yeah, so that particular unit there the uh the cedar that you had out there do yeah. do you have the technology to where you can have a autonomous tender as well you know like a fertilizer tender with some with a seed tender as well or is that you still working on that kind of that that particular unit
1: we are we are working on it and i i think we're going to be having some of that uh ready for the market in, in a sort of a beta version um later this fall uh like through through the through this growing season basically so uh we have a we've really ramped up our our team here in a different way Uh, by hiring a whole bunch of programming software engineers and uh, software developers and all that kind of stuff. Um, And we're working with uh, uh, an outside company, Raven Industries out of Sioux Falls, uh, South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, they're pretty big players in the world of, of, um, uh, you know, automated uh, spraying technology and, and uh, electronics and field computers and all that kind of thing. So jointly we're, we're developing the, Technology to move to a place where we would be having a uh, uh, like a tender that would be like a, a nursing system basically for seeding implements or harvesting operations as well pulling like having uh, taking the product from the combine to the to the storage facility and uh, that kind of thing so there's a bunch of stuff that we got to do in that space as far as machine to machine communication and and all that kind of stuff but it's it's all in the works right now, for sure
0: so this this is not a new trend. this is something that's been out there for a long time, and I think a lot of it was just kind of the the cool factor that's been driving it um, mm-hmm. but now I think the trend, in my opinion that has shifted because of on farm um, Labor has become such an issue across the huge. Issue. So, yeah. th- do you see that as a driving factor for for the guys that you're talking with, the, the particular farmers that are lined up that maybe don't have someone coming back to the farm, but they're a smaller farmer, but they can't necessarily afford to to hire someone, or they're a big farmer and they can't find enough
1: hands to go out and work the fields. Absolutely, it's a huge. That, that when I spoke about autonomy initially, that's that's a big driver be, behind what we're doing here uh, with thought is. To try to alleviate those pinch points with human resource management on the farm and um, getting access to skilled labor uh, consistently throughout every growing season or throughout different portions of the growing season is increasingly challenging for, for many of these large farmers. Um, it's a big part of the customer base that we serve uh, with Seedmaster and um, with really the, the bigger machines, they do a great job and we we've been a part of that movement to massive machines but I think that there are definitely better ways to do things uh, by going with the smaller unit. Um, but also, a lot of the stuff that we're doing in those massive machines, we're, we're already, I would argue, semi-autonomous in what we're, we're doing there. With respect to the, the computers that are in the field, uh, the cab of the tractor, the operator uh, can be in there and the field manager or the, the farmer owner can log into those machines and see what's going on and adjust rates and make sure everything's the way it should be. So we're already partway down that path to to autonomy, and you know, obviously GPS. You don't. Know, there's a lot of hands-free activities that are that are going on in various operations. But um, yeah, and that, uh, to speak to the to the smaller farmer too, um, I think there's some there's a lot of new opportunities with respect to dot um, and what it can bring to these smaller operations because these guys with the massive farms that have you know, kind of grown together throughout the last decade or more in in this space. Um, A lot of farmers want to still hold on to their land and want to maintain a connection to the land. But oftentimes with the movement to these massive machines, it's difficult for a smaller sized farmer, a modestly sized farmer to access current technology um, that isn't well used and uh i know the used market's a big problem and a big pitch pinch point in the industry and it affects farmers and dealers and manufacturers alike in various ways um but uh, this movement to to autonomy can and standardizing the sizes of some of these machines can really help to to make some of those pinch points start to melt away a little bit but the human resource thing is a huge thing um We've got uh, a lot of following with dot in other areas of the world where that same pressure exists uh, throughout Australia we've got a lot, a lot of following and a lot of uh, interesting farmers that want want to have dot on their farm as well for the same kind of reasons you know' um, trying to do trying to plant as much crop as possible in a small window of time and we grow the machines big, but we need skilled operators to be able to do those things and They're massive machines that are extraordinarily expensive and very sensitive and uh, obviously durable. But, you know, you don't want to mess around with the electronics too much. And we want to make sure that the right person is in the cab of the tractor to be able to tend to that. So by making it autonomous, uh, a farmer can, an operator can be doing a variety of things uh remotely um while the other machines while the machines are rolling around the field Mm
0: -hmm. yeah so you've seen you've seen some leader follower technology and those kind of things where you'll have one machine controlling two type of deal and and they're you know trying to coexist with each other out there and and they're you know combines running and takes control of the grain cart tractor and it's you know moving it forward and back and doing those kind of things um one of the one of the biggest things that i've noticed here late of equipment is that the technology has kind of taken the operator out of the picture in some cases some like Mm -hmm. the new like take for example like the like the john deere combine the new one um, the Mm -hmm. 700 series combine there's a lot of artificial intelligence um, ai intelligence inside that machine that is you know cameras and stuff that are looking at the debris rates and looking at the the amount of loss and those kind of things and and kind of tracking all that stuff as it goes through there and it automatically adjusting the machine as it goes um, without having to have a lot of people, you know, stop and and adjust and, and, you know, do this, that, and the other thing. So to your point with the operator thing, the skilled operator deal, there's getting to be less and less people out there that are coming back to the farm or Mm -hmm. understand how to run this stuff. And and these machines are really just kind of starting to just do it for them. And I I think that's a, that's a again back to the labor issue it's just throwing you can put anybody in the cab now and they can pretty much just they have to steer it when they have to when the machine's not down to form
1: yeah yeah it's a it's all lining up i think that farmers and generally speaking i think farmers are pretty uh, very adept at adapting to new technology um Uh, I think just based on a necessity. And I think that's some of the stuff that you're, you're speaking to there is like this evolution of the technology and the adoption of that, that technology. We're kind of ahead of the curve as farmers uh, when you compare ourselves to the rest of the world. And um, I I think that um, people, the general public population doesn't necessarily identify farmers as being Uh, industry leaders in that way but or you know trailblazers in that way but we definitely are
0: yeah yeah people there's a there's Um, a big misconception of of what the of the farmer and how much technology they actually use out there i mean Mm -hmm. everything tight touch is just got so much technology in it that i mean there's rarely i bet there's not another industry that's that is involved in technology as agriculture is
1: i agree with you i agree with you completely
0: unless you're launching rockets into space maybe, yeah,
1: absolutely you know? yeah you know, all those yeah. kind of things sure. but right. like in the general space yep. yeah we got it cased.
0: so let's take a look at the next five years so I have a bet with a guy I work with here that in five years I'll be evaluating um, not only will I be evaluating but we'll be taking it on trade our first fully autonomous vehicle and Brent. I feel like I'm, I'm going to win that bet and I bring it up I bring it up every time I get there so what's your yeah. feel for the next five years and, and how do you see the technology like that you're laying down how do you see that playing into that into that five year scope?
1: Well, um, I, I guess I don't have a crystal ball, but I I feel like the world is ready for uh, farmers around the world are ready for this kind of technology. Um, I think that there's going to be a, you know, if you look at the way that the f- uh, automation uh, like the automotive world and how um, how quickly that landscaped. That, that changed the landscape in downtown New York, for example, or any other place in the world. How quickly we transition from horse drawn carriage or horse power, like horse powered movement of people to uh, autom- uh, like um, uh, to car related movement of people. Like that was a very, very quick transition. I think that we have to be ready for a, a big shift. Um, I feel like uh, what we're doing and what other people are doing in the autonomous space, um, there's, there's a lot of stuff that farmers can start to look at to, to move into that space really fairly quickly. Um, with DOT, uh, we're, we have a, a lot of pieces moving forward where we're, again, discussing uh, collaboration with a bunch of other implement partners around the world, literally um to develop their technology to be dot ready um, so i think that um once uh we can if we can continue those conversations with those manufacturers forge relationships and and develop their technology collaboratively um it's just it'll be a, kind of a snowball effect i believe where when um a, a, a crop sprayer gets uh, aligned with this technology uh, and the farmer starts thinking about, you know, I don't like spreading manure, for example, or I don't like harrowing my fields. Or um, wouldn't it be cool if my my vineyard would be able to be uh, manicured by through autonomous functionality as opposed to hiring folks to do that? Um, I think that once that conversation starts and those little seeds get planted, there's going to be a, a pretty big groundswell of of movement towards autonomy uh, that's it won't be able to be stopped in my mind. And uh, so a lot of our work that we're doing with DOT are, is is um, focusing on legislative bodies and understanding the, the legal and safety concerns of various uh, jurisdictions and, and that kind of thing. Um, from our perspective, we're focusing in Western Canada uh, predominantly initially, um, though we have had, uh, we've launched a deposit program for DOT Power Platforms, I don't know, a month and a half or so ago, and we were kind of we were shocked, uh, not kind of, very shocked uh, with the response, and from very far reaches of the world. So we have deposits throughout Australia, the United States, Eastern and Western Canada, uh, Eastern and Western Europe, and uh, over into the CIS and Ukraine and and uh, Russia and Siberian regions and those kinds of things as well. Mm-hmm. So I think that even if you know we're just a little player (laughs) we're not we're not you know gonna take over the world by any means but i just think that even with this little player that we are and the the pulse that we've been able to put our finger on uh, we're very excited about where autonomy is going to go within the egg space for sure
0: you're taking deposits now so i'm assuming that this spring or this fall you'll be introducing your product line for sale
1: yeah that's uh that's right so this this current Uh, seeding season here uh here in western canada it starts about now and uh we've got uh, a couple that are going to be moving around the field it's gonna be small for the first for this first year where our goal is to have a a four to six dots of operating throughout the growing season in various ways um for the 2018 growing season and then um we've launched a deposit program and I think, again, we're going to try and remain tight to the market that's close to us here in Regina, Saskatchewan, um, a couple hundred miles away from, from our, our our office here, to be able to uh, work very closely with those farmers. And um, yeah, so the deposits, uh, a farmer is able to sign up at c. Run. com to uh, secure a spot for themselves in the next uh, three years of production, so nineteen twenty, tw- sorry, four years 19, 20, 21, and twenty two. Um, there are, uh, like I said, a number of farmers from around the world that have chosen spots for themselves uh, in those four years of production, basically, and that's just the you know the the tip of things right now. We haven't really done any marketing per se uh, or promotion uh, of the product uh, outside of two major events. In major for Western Canada, we have a, a growing but a phenomenal regional farm show called uh, Western Canada's Outdoor Farm Show, Ag in Motion. It's in, uh, it's in Saskatoon or just outside of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. A great event. We launched it there last year uh, in July and we'll be taking it back there again this July. And we took the concept to kind of a couple of other things, like we have our research farm where we did a demonstration and that kind of thing, which is always really valuable. But we took it to the world stage. Uh, Agritechnica uh, is a massive event that happens every two years in Hanover, Germany, and we brought the concept there. And um, we didn't, we weren't able to bring the, the full machine. And um, we um, we had overwhelmingly positive response from literally around the world at that show Um, from farmers to researchers, to other manufacturers, uh, people that are involved in fringe, uh, fringe uh, ag activity, um, agroforestry, vineyards, the list goes on and on. So outside of those two or three events, we haven't really done much to promote it. And I think that the response that we've seen from the deposit program says, if we put a little bit of gas on that fire, um, we are going to be, uh, we need to ramp up uh, our product and our 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 whole lineup of, of implements pretty quickly. Um, but having said that, a key part of the success of DOT is the collaboration with these other implement manufacturers. So, uh, like I said, we manufacture a, a harvest card, a roller, and a sprayer, a modestly sized sprayer, and a seeder. Um, we currently have... Uh, uh, one other manufacturer signed on in the last um, couple of months. They are Patterson Liquid Systems out of Lemberg, Saskatchewan, a manufacturer of sprayer uh, liquid fertilizer applications. And they're developing a 120-foot um, sprayer and a, I believe it's a 40-foot uh, coulter side dresser applicator for corn crops and things like that. And um, so they, they're they the first one to sign on, but... We're talking with fertilizer spreaders and uh, uh, tenders, manufacturer, tender manufacturers, and uh, manure spreaders and harrow bar manufacturers, and a, a variety of other people as well.
0: So, sounds like to me to be taking the world over here before too long. So,
1: <laughs> I, uh, I don't know if we can say that uh, <laughs> but really loudly, like I mean, you can hope, but there's a heck of a lot of work between then and now in order to get things rolling. And, uh, but a strong and Growing team here uh, at Dot uh, that are really focused on making it as successful as it can be and bringing as much value to the farmer as possible. That's our main goal here: is to to make farming as uh, as uh, profitable as possible, as 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 um, easy as possible from that human resource side of things, and and to help to grow the farm economy and the farm ecology. So
0: right on. Well, I think we've covered it for this edition, uh, Corey. Do you have any crazy final words crazy. you'd like to throw out there before we before we shut it down?
1: Uh, we're just really excited to be a, to be doing what we're doing, and again, we're we're farmers first, so we we don't do anything without wearing our farmer hat solidly uh, through throughout the development phase of things. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's we're not a we're not coming at it as a venture capital kind of uh, operation where there's a there's a startup idea that's got a bunch of money put behind it where we are dedicated to you know advancing farm technology that's that's what we're all about and if people want to learn more the the website's a great spot to go um, we've got a little spot to sign up for email notifications as things evolve and that's our main vehicle um for uh promoting the product at this point and we've got a very active twitter feed as well um c.run is the twitter handle and people can check in there and I know more about what we're doing.
0: Yeah, that's where I found you that was on Twitter, so that was yeah, uh that's critical. Cool. So the website is c.run.com, correct?
1: That's correct. All
0: Absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, Corey, I appreciate you being on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much, uh Casey. It's been a been a pleasure. Well, happy seeding to everybody that's listening and uh safe seeding and make some money with that crop that you're putting in the ground.
0: There you go. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Moving Iron podcast. Remember, if you want to continue any of these conversations, you can hit me up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. You can also find me at Moving Iron Podcast at movingironpodcast.com. Make sure you visit the Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel where you can see the daily After the Bell segment with Chip Nellinger and the Tax Tip of the Week with Glenn Birnbaum. Moving Iron LLC has a website at MovingIronLLC.com. Here you can find information for the 2018 Moving Iron Summit in Las Vegas past and current episodes of Moving Iron Podcasts, and articles from Moving Iron Blog. Throughout the year, there'll be guest bloggers writing on various topics from their point of view. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can leave a review and subscribe at your podcast, at your favorite podcasting platform. And if you shop Amazon, please use the Amazon click-through at the movingironllc.com website. It won't cost you anything, and you'll still have the same experience you're accustomed to while supporting the podcast. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, and SoundCloud. So until next time, this is Casey Seymour. Let's go move some iron. Out.